August the 5th, year of our Lord 2022. This is Daybreak Live. And fear, fear. not Friday with the Nesbits and Josh. Josh.
And who is the cover? Hard not to do that part. It is hard not to. But we're already five minutes in. That's a long song. It's a good song, though. Don't you love that song? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers. I am so much better today. Hallelujah. Man, God is good. Healed up quickly. I thank God for that. What? I hit the wrong button. It's easy to hit the wrong button here. Let me jump over here. Good morning, guys. It's good to see you. Good to see your names on here. Yes, thank you. I am feeling so much better. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Had about, I don't know, 12 to 14 hours of sickness, and then I'm better. And I know that God heard the prayers of my family, and I'm thankful that you prayed for me. So, Today is Friday. Before we get off this week, I did want to talk about something. It hit my heart to talk about it. Uh, and it comes from Revelation 3.21. I wanted to talk. And you'll notice if you see this on Facebook, at least, well, it should be on YouTube, the YouTube pages as well. But I've got Kingdom Now question mark. Kingdom Now question mark. And because... In the day that we are living, there is something called Kingdom Now Theology, or it's another name is Dominion Theology. Now, some of you probably have never heard of that. Maybe some of you have heard of that. Uh, but it gets off the it gets off of Scripture. Actually, parts of it are are good. I mean, there are some things that are said in it that are good and true. But the, the main thrust of it is not true for the day that we live in. That is to say, it, it, the, the basis of Kingdom Now theology comes, it comes out of Genesis to where the, uh, Adam and Eve were commanded to subdue, you know, bring the earth under subjection. And it is, okay, now that Christ has been crucified, now we are Christ. He lives in us, and now we uh, rule. We we come to the place of ruling the earth with the rod of iron in this age, and that is not true. But I want to show you some scriptures about the kingdom of God. I, I shared with you day before yesterday how that it was the letters to the seven churches which helped me because I, in the beginning of my preaching, I was uh, reared under a, uh, an amillennial pastor, and uh, when we believe what we hear until we've had time to study it out for ourselves, you either decide to not believe or you just believe what you've been taught, and that's, you know... And even then, once we've studied it out ourselves, it's hard to take it those is. glasses off. It is. It really is. And so I wanted to show you in verse 21, uh, verse 21 is not as clear as it is back in chapter 2, but I want to read verse 21 again and, and get to what we're talking about when we talk about the kingdom. Now, we just sang, Behold, He comes, riding on a cloud, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. The Lord is coming. He's coming. 
okay, to establish the kingdom. And it's very important to realize that we can't have the kingdom without the presence of the king. And, but I want to show you some things in scripture. Let's look at verse 21 again, right quick. It says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. What is the Lord talking about? It's the same thing he's been talking about to every church when he says, you know, overcome, overcome, overcome. But it's the clearest, it's the clearest in chapter 2, starting with verse 26. So I want you to look back there. Now, in the text we just read in the Laodicea church, what that means is the one who, those who repent, he says, whom I love, uh, I rebuke and chasten. Repent, therefore, be zealous and repent, okay? And then if you repent, and remember he says, I'm knocking at the door. So what he's talking about, if you open the door and come back into right relationship with me, the Lord says, that is what he means by overcoming. O open the door, get back into right relationship with me, let me back in and let me in your life and let me walk with you, okay? And, and then I'm going to grant to you to sit with me in my throne. What's he talking about? All right? We're going to look at a few scriptures. So I want you to stay with me or jot these down. If you're watching this and you can't uh, turn with me, maybe it's later today, and, and you're watching and you can't turn with me, jot these scriptures down. So let's start with verse 26 of chapter 2. Listen to this. Sorry, give me that one again. Revelation 2, 26. He who overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Rulership over nations. Okay? He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. As I also have received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. All right, now here's the point. He who keeps my works to the end. All right, so kingdom now theology or dominion theology is a theology. Now I'm going to talk about what's right about thinking or what aspect do we mean at kingdom now or we are now part of the kingdom. What aspect of that is correct? We're going to talk about that at the end. But right now, what I want you to see is this one line. He that keeps my works to the end. This is the one that it finally unlocked within me. What does this phrase mean when he's speaking to the church? And he says, he who endures to the end. He who keeps my works unto the end. What does the end mean? Well, it's pretty easy, right? The end is until the end of your life, you finish your course, or the Lord returns on the cloud. Amen? It can't mean anything else. He who keeps my works to the end, that's the qualification. To him, I will give power over the nation. Rulership over the nation. That is to say, sit with me in my throne as I also overcame. Now, there's a picture of this in Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19, verses 12 through 19, 
Revelation 19. Now I saw heaven open. Now remember the song we sang this morning. Revelation 19, starting with verse 11, actually. Now I saw heaven open. Behold, a white horse. He who sat upon him was faithful and true. In righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. I wonder who this is. Verse 14, And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses, and now out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. Okay, stop. This is the actual text of Behold He Comes riding on the cloud. Hallelujah. The point I'm making is, this is what unlocked for me and what changed my eschatological views was when I seen this verse, he that keeps my works till the end, to him I will give power. That means this ruling the nations with a rod of iron is not during the church age or during the age or what the church does in this moment. That's not the rulership he's talking about when we're talking about reigning with Christ. What's it? What is he talking about? We'll get to that. But that's not what he's talking about because in this time, we are to be found faithful till the end. And if I'm found faithful till the end, which is the end of my life, faithful to the end, run my course to the end of my life, or I'm faithful if I'm living in the age when the skies open and he returns and I go up and meet him, hallelujah, and then return with him. I want this to be very I want this to be very clear, uh, if I can. Okay, now let's turn back. What is Jesus quoting here? Now we're going back to Revelation chapter 2, verse 27, and now we're going to jump back to Psalm 2. What does he mean? He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. We just read 19 where John actually sees the vision. The Lord gives him a vision of this time happening. Okay, there's visions of that in Daniel chapter 7 as well. But let's turn back to Psalm chapter 2. Psalm chapter 2. This is before the New Testament is written, okay? In the book of Psalms. And I'm sure you've read this before. But let's just read it. These are good scriptures. Verse Starting with verse 7. Psalms 2, 7. I will declare the decree, the Lord, all in caps. That means Yahweh or Jehovah. Either way. The Lord hath said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for an inheritance. For your inheritance, excuse me. And the ends of the earth for your possession. Your inheritance. He's talking about the son of God. Okay. Where does the Bible say Messiah, the king of Israel, is the son of God? Boom. This day have I begotten that you are my son. 
This is the king of Israel. This is the Messiah of Israel. This is the son of God. I have given you the nations for your inheritance. They're yours. You now take rulership over them. Look, verse 9, you shall break them with the rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, be wise, O kings, be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling, kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled, but a little, blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Hallelujah. Ain't that good? So today, this is the prophecy. Now, one of the reasons that our brethren, many of our brethren, the Jews, still reject the Messiah is because they expected the son of David to take over and rule the entire world from Jerusalem. This is what is meant by the kingdom. And almost always, listen, almost always, when the scripture is talking about the kingdom, not exactly always because there's a spiritual aspect, but almost always when the scripture is talking about the kingdom coming, this is what it's talking about. It's talking about the promise of Yahweh that I, he made a covenant with David, King David, that of his loins, one of his children will sit upon the throne in Israel in Jerusalem, and will rule over all the nations of the earth. The Davidic kingdom. It is the kingdom of the Messiah. It's his kingdom that is coming. And brothers and sisters, it's coming. Now the reason the Messiah was rejected is because he didn't kick out Rome. Isaiah 53, you know Isaiah 53, Jesus was fulfilling. In other words, he came as a lamb. And we're going to see that as we go through the book of Revelation. He said, I see a lamb. There's a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. The king, the Messiah, the son of David, the ruler, is also a lamb, a sacrificial lamb, a Passover lamb, which was also prophesied throughout all of the Tanakh, the scriptures, but it was missed. They only seen the rulership, okay? So this is the majority. When we're talking about the kingdom and the dominion, we're talking about the prophecy is that the Messiah is going to sit on the throne in David and he's going to dash or break them while the, he's going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. Is God in control? Yes. Is God sovereign? Yes. Is Jesus ruling now? Yes, over the universe. But he hasn't taken the rulership in the sense of returning yet and sitting on the throne and physically ruling the nations with a rod of iron. If he was ruling the nations with a rod of iron, they would not be so evil right now. You're talking about a time when the weapons will be turned into something pleasurable, right? It's like uh, the plows, uh, the, the swords are turned into plowshares. It's the same thing. Now, what's hanging around my neck is a picture of this. Some of you say, what's that around your neck? Well, I got this from a worship team in Israel that brought gifts to us after we sang at the Messiah Conference. There's a big worship team from Israel 
we love them very much. And they gave us these, and it says rockets into roses. And so Gaza rockets that came in, they made this in the shape of Israel. It's got a little gem here showing Jerusalem. And they turned the rockets, they, uh, shrapnel. Huh? Shrapnel. the shrapnel from the rockets and turned them into necklaces, made something beautiful, you know, from the ashes. From the bad comes something beautiful. And that's the thought. And so I love it. I wear it. I grab a hold of it every day and I pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And I pray for the soon coming, my soon coming king. Hallelujah. All right. So I'm going to show you a few more scriptures. Okay, stick with me. This is Fear Not Friday, and I wasn't here yesterday. So turn to Matthew. We won't go too long, but these are good scriptures. Matthew chapter 19. I, I promise you want to see these. It's going to give you some understanding. Matthew chapter 19. 28. Matthew 19, 28. And I didn't mark it, so I've got to turn there to a newer Bible. I haven't been using this Bible so long. 28. 1928. The apostles are saying, Lord, we've left everything and we followed you. What are we going to get for that? And I want you to take heed of what the Lord says. This is very important for the topic we're studying. Verse 28, Jesus said to them, Surely I say to you, now catch this verse, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on, check this out, 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay? In the regeneration, what is he talking about in the regeneration? When, when he makes all things new. Now, this is the same type of word that is used to describe being born again. So there's a regeneration in our soul that takes place when we're saved. Hallelujah. And that is true. So that goes into the spiritual aspect. But in the physical aspect, he's talking about a physical aspect. And remember, John is the one that's penning this letter, and he's one of the guys that he's talking about. And John never sat on the throne in Israel, but he's going to. In the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on his throne, you also are going to be on 12 thrones. The Lord, the Messiah, is ruling, but not by himself. He's ruling, but not by himself. That is the honor that those who follow him and keep his works to the end get, is to rule and reign with him. If we believe in him, we will live with him. If we suffer with him, we shall reign with him. I want to show you another one. So remember, judging the 12 tribes, they're actually going to sit on thrones. This isn't talking about in John's life. John is still writing that here's what the Lord says, church. If we endure to the end, we're going to get to sit on thrones. Hallelujah. Same thing he already told John that Matthew recorded. Matthew gets to be one of them too, the tax collector. Hey, we get to sit on thrones. Hallelujah. In Jerusalem. So we already know who's sitting on thrones in Jerusalem. Hand-picked by Yeshua himself. I love it. I want to show you another. Luke 19. Jump over to Luke 19. Jot these down and read these later. 12. Luke 19, 12. This is Jesus speaking. 
and I want you to get this, it says Jesus is speaking this parable because, that's a verse 11, because they were near Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God would appear immediately. That's what was in their mind. And so the Lord teaches them something, verse 12. Verse 12, therefore he said, a certain nobleman, nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. Went to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and return. So he called his ten servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him, sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded his servants to whom he had given the money to be called that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. And the first came saying, Master, your mina has earned 10 minas. He said to them, well done, good servant, because you were faithful with very little, have authority over ten cities. The second, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise, he said to him, you also be over five cities. You see that? The governors, the princes, the rulers, the mayors in the future kingdom are being decided by faithfulness now while he is away receiving the kingdom. Now, this is why in the book of Acts, after Jesus was crucified and returned and walked for 40 days with them, explaining the kingdom of God, they said, when is the kingdom going to come? This is the kingdom they're talking about. And he says, it's not for you to know the times or the season that God has put into his old hands. It's not coming now. It's not going to be manifested now. Okay? It's coming but not now. If it had came then, we would not get to be any part of it. But now we get an opportunity. The longer the delay is for the king to return, the more of us get the opportunity to be part of this kingdom and to rule and reign with him. Glory, hallelujah. So, in finishing, and I, yeah, so let's finish. What does it mean to reign with Christ now? Well, to say it in an easy way, to, to reign with Christ now means to love your life and they love li their lives not unto death. It is to come to the place to where we are bring ourselves in total submission to Christ. To where we say, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Reigning with Christ now is a spiritual, but never mistake it for the kingdom. The kingdom now theology is a post-millennial theology, and I understand some of the teaching. Like I said, some of the teachings in is good. But to say that we are coming to the place where we are going to now rule the nations with a rod of iron, and he's going to rule them through us, negates the things that I just read to you. It, it, it can't happen that way. Because we are now, we are in our testing of the cross to be found faithful, to be granted that power. I hope that makes sense. And so what does reigning with Christ now look like? Well, kingdom power now means I have the... Now listen, please, don't, don't jump off of here. Kingdom power now means I can say no to sin and yes to holiness. Amen. 
Kingdom power now, I wrote these down. <laughs> I can say no to sin, yes to God. I can submit and bring my body into submission and serve my God. And through that submission and that serving, God gives us power to spiritually break souls free from the kingdom and dominion of darkness. We have a spiritual, there's a kingdom within us, and we're able to free others from the kingdom of darkness, spiritually speaking, so they can be set free and be translated in the kingdom of the dear son, their dear his dear son. We get to be part of the kingdom now, but we don't get to rule and reign the nations with a rod of iron. We are given dominion over the demonic, unclean spirits, because there is a spiritual dominion aspect of dominion, the dominion now that is accurate and scripture, uh, scripture backs up, and we love not our lives unto death. Here's what it actually means to rule and reign with Christ now. It means I, I can walk in intimacy with God through the power of the Holy Spirit now. I have the privilege of walking in spiritual intimacy with God. And when I do that, I'm able to submit and serve mankind. Serve mankind. Become a servant. And through that... I am also granted power to battle, to wage war against the demonic in spiritual realms. Hallelujah. Ah, I hope this made sense. That's what it means that we are walking, there's a sense in which we're in the kingdom now, but only in that sense. In the sense of taking over all of the world, no, the Bible is very clear. Scriptures are very clear that it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And in the very end, there's going to be a great revival at, at a time of the greatest trouble. It's going to be the greatest, the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. And those who do know their Lord will do exploits and be wise. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. All right. I hope this made sense. And uh, I guess that sums up the seven churches. The loveless church, the persecuted church, the compromising church, the corrupt church, the dead church, the faithful church, the lukewarm church. In any time in history from the time he wrote this until even today, you can find every one of those somewhere upon the earth. Faithful, lukewarm, compromised. They're all here, right? They're all here. And they will all be here, you know, until he returns and we meet him. Well, thank you for being here with us this morning. I hope this has been a blessing to you. Uh, I love you so much. And, and I hope and I pray that you are in the kingdom right now, in the spiritual kingdom. Amen. So when we pray this Lord's Prayer, we say, Thy kingdom come, that spiritually the kingdom is in your life. And that you will endure to the end so that you take part in a, a big way in the kingdom that is coming. The kingdom is both now and the kingdom is coming. And I hope the teaching today helped put a little bit of understanding on that. All right. 
Have a good weekend. Shabbat Shalom. Be blessed. Hope you have a great Sabbath. Hope you have a great first day of the week. Assemble somewhere. Worship the Lord. And uh, remember to lift your heart in praise to him in the name of Jesus, Yeshua, our King. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Shabbat shalom, beautiful people. Love you guys. See you soon.